Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. He purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. In the beginning, it wasn't really about lions. The starting point for this story was a dog. Jay was a German shepherd, a police dog, and his beat was Auckland in the 1970s. His handler was Constable Mike Lodge. The two were a team, and they were good mates as well. But the working life of a police dog isn't that long. Most of them retire at around eight years of age. Jay was getting close to that, and the higher-ups told Mike that he'd have to be put down if he couldn't do the job anymore. Jay was a good dog, and Mike wasn't going to let him go out that way. And anyway, he was getting a bit tired of big city policing. So he talked the bosses into letting him transfer to a quieter station somewhere and to take Jay with him. They agreed. And I um, applied for about four, three different places and eventually got Lawrence. Lawrence is a storied small town in central Otago on State Highway 8 between Dunedin and Alexandra. A national anthem was composed there, and nearby is Gabriel's Gully, where the discovery of gold in 1860 led to a rush. At one stage, more people lived in Lawrence than in Dunedin. That wasn't the case when Mike, his family and Jay arrived in early 1978. There were just a few hundred people living there, and Mike soon knew them all. <laughs> they were a loose bunch. They were very friendly. You know, the fact that a new cop had come to town, they tested me. So it's forgivable that when Mike got a phone call one night about some lions on the loose in the town, he didn't believe it. I'm Justin Gregory for Eyewitness, and this is the story of the Lions of Lawrence. Namihi. Laurie Sincock, who, who was the headmaster, he rang me, and I thought he was drunk. I really did, because <laughs> he, he was talking fast. <laughs> no, Laurie never talked fast. And he told me, the lions are loose. It's 8pm, March the 30th, and the Carlos Circus is visiting Lawrence. Two of their three lions, Sultan, a male, and Sonia, a female, had escaped from their cage when it wasn't properly locked. The third lion, Susie, stayed where she was. The 400-strong audience in the tent were in obvious danger. Mike was an experienced cop, but they don't teach lion handling at police college in Porirua. I ran around like a chook with his head cut off. Asking the wife, what do, you, what do you think I should do? And she says, I don't know. He rang headquarters in Dunedin, who told him to get his rifle and get down there. Were you a good shot? No, I wasn't. I couldn't hit a barn door at <laughs> 20 paces. Simpson Park in Lawrence is just south of the main road and next door to the school. Also on the park, just 100 or so metres away, were the Lawrence rugby team at their first practice for the new season. Des Doherty was coach of the senior team and he was standing with juniors coach Ken Homer when he saw something odd. And I'm looking away up the paddock and I thought, that's funny. And I said to Ken, I said, those things supposed to be running around up there. And he says, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> Sultan and Sonia were only three years old and Sultan wasn't yet fully grown. But 150-odd kilos and more than two metres in length, they were certainly big enough to do some serious harm. Des Doherty walked over to where the team were warming up and quietly said... The lions are out. 
They laughed at him, then took a look themselves, and then they were off. <laughs> yeah, well, one guy there, Gary Young, he, um, he had a bright yellow tracksuit on, and you can see it was like a shooting star when he took off. <laughs> the team raced to the cars to hide, but found the circus audience had got there before them. People weren't fussy about whose car they got into. Dez, who arrived a few moments later, found his car already full. Yeah, I went to see where my wife was, and it was chock-a-block. <laughs> the car, there was nine kids in it and her, and three of ours were in it as well, and they wouldn't let, them, let her put the windows down, and I couldn't see him for steam. By now, Mike Lodge had arrived at Simpson Park, having taken good care to lock up his dog Jay at home first. The circus people had tried to herd the lions back into their cage, but it hadn't really worked. And in the confusion, Sonia knocked a woman and a young boy to the ground as they were trying to get away, badly gashing the child's face. Six-year-old Craig Grant eventually needed 30 stitches to close the wound. Des Doherty was watching the circus people trying to round up the lions. They got an old, had an old van there, and the back door was open. It was flopping up down. They tore away up the paddock, and they're trying to chase them back. And I think that was the worst thing to do. They should have left them alone. And when that female lion had the young ones, I think she'd have got back, gone back down to the. Then they both would have gone back down. I reckon here. Mike Lodge was still hopeful that the lions could be safely caged. But after a while, as it got darker and the lions started moving away, it just became obvious what had to be done. The circus manager told Mike to shoot them. I shot him in the back of the head, uh, in the mane, and then, then I ran around the side and put another one in from the side of the head. Poor old fella. Mike Lodge is an animal nut, in case you haven't realised. He loves them. Remember, he'd moved to Lawrence so as not to have to put his dog down, and now he just had to shoot a lion. The female, Sonia, heard the shot and took off into the dark. She'd disappeared. A lot of people were out driving around the town looking for Sonia. She'd wandered down a street and then ducked into a garage. The owner got out of his car to try and close the door, but as he reached out, Sonia simply walked underneath his arm and got away again. Four young guys in the car and... They were sitting there with their arms out the window and yahooing and carrying on and, and someone yelled out, the lion's coming. And they, and they said, ooh, ooh, they were sort of laughing about it. Next thing they, they spotted the lion walking up behind them. So up went the windows and they just froze up and the lion come along and sniffed the windows and put a paws up on top of the bonnet and they, they were just mouths open worrying. Yeah. So uh, that was a bit of a laugh, yeah. From there it went um, sort of around the corner and into um, and along the street we went and then we end up on a veranda of a house. Dez says people were feeling brave by now and were getting out of their cars to see. One of them, a bloke called Keith Bain, regretted it. Keith Bain, <laughs> yeah. Keith Bain uh, had the garage down in the down the street there, and it would be oh, I'd be about four or five hundred yards away, and he came up and, and there was quite a few people standing not very far from where this line was. And he said, uh, well, what, what the hell's going on? And I said, I said, oh, it's like one of the lions get out of the circus. And he said, that right? And he's looking all around this. And then I some, some, sort of walked up around behind him and I <laughs> grabbed his backside and made a roar. And I was lucky I was ducked because he came around with a, an elbow. <laughs> Mike Lodge was there, rifle in hand, not far from the frightened lioness. But he doesn't remember feeling scared himself. Not really. I was concentrating on what I had to do. I was worried for the animals. He had some help now from a wildlife ranger called Richard Rowe. Richard had a tranquilizer gun, but the dart was unusable. With people all round him, they discussed their options. One guy wanted to 
go in and put a collar on her and, and lead, lead her out. And I thought, yeah, in bits. All Mike Lodgen wanted from the start was to get the lions back into their cage so everyone, including Sultan and Sonia, would be safe. Now, Sultan was dead, a boy had been mauled, and Sonia was still on the loose. So once again, Mike had to make the hard call. Richard had a more powerful rifle than him, so he took the first shot. He shot her in the, in the stomach, and uh, she went berserk, you know. Tried to make for the trees, but she, there was no way. She, she was in pain. But she was tossing her head all over the place. Like, oh, yeah. And I, I lined, up, lined her up again, and, and one shot, and she was gone. Yeah, poor old thing. It was over. Mike Lodge went home to bed. He didn't even crack a beer to calm himself down. But... I would have had one when I had, had, I had one. Over the next few days and weeks, media from around the world were all over the story. Mike remembers having a good time with the novelist Morris Shadbolt, who was writing it all up for a magazine. They went out drinking, and in the morning he discovered the distinguished author still sleeping it off in his car but he didn't get a lot of attention or care from the police. Some of his copmates did call him Daktari after the TV series of the time, but the bosses by and large ignored him. There was no commendation, no medal, no counselling. This was 1978, and things were different then, even for a man who'd faced lions. An old inspector, he rang me up and said, well done, well done. And evidently he shot a leopard from the Wellington Zoo. Yeah, he understood how it went. The townsfolk of Lawrence talked about the night the Lions got out for a long time after that, as you would. There were plenty of jokes at the next rugby training session, but the team had a good year. Des Doherty says a few of the players had discovered a pretty useful turn of speed that night that stood them well during the season. No one at the circus was charged with anything over the Lions' escape, but by all accounts, Susie, the one surviving Lion, well, she pined for her dead friends for a long time, and the circus themselves held a funeral for the pair. Sultan and Sonia have had an afterlife of sorts. Otago Museum curator John Darby asked Russell Harris, the circus owner, if he could have them for display, and Harris agreed. Natural science curator Emma Burns picks up the story. The fact that the people of, um, of Lawrence had been quite supportive of the fact that he'd had to make the hard decision to have the lions put down, so I think it was his way of kind of giving back to people as well. So John Darby got the slightly decomposing dead cats and had them stuffed for display. Local community groups, including the Lions Club, chipped in to pay for it. But Sultan and Sonia still had one big fright left in them. John was driving the by now mounted lions back home through Christchurch when he caused a minor accident. They fitted into the, the van rather awkwardly. Um, Sultan's head was kind of dangling over the, the centre console of the, of the van. John pulled up at an intersection. A woman in the car next to him was drawing up alongside when she glanced over. And what she saw caused her to drive straight into the back of the car in front of her. It was uh, the head of uh, Sultan, you know, poking out the, you know, at the window at her. Sultan and Sonia are on display in the animal attic at Otago Museum, and the kids love them. And Lawrence hasn't forgotten them either. Claire Blackmore was a seven-year-old school kid in Lawrence in 1978, and she hadn't been allowed to go to the circus that night. Years later, she's created a website about the escape, had a plaque mounted at Simpson Park, and written a book. Working on the project, she discovered a closer connection than she'd previously thought, her husband, Jeff. I didn't actually know he'd been at rugby practice that night. And it wasn't until I was sitting down showing the children this silly idea for a book 
that um, yeah, Jeff actually said to the kids. Oh, good Lord, what did he actually say? I just said that, no, it was there. I mean, they're all pretty matter-of-fact around here. Mike Lodge stayed in Lawrence for another seven years before transferring north to Amberley, where he still lives. He's retired from the police now. His dog, Jay, who, in a sense, started all this for Mike, lived to the grand old age of 14, which is well up there for a German shepherd. And it's certainly longer than he would have lived if Mike's bosses had had their way or if Jay had been allowed to join the great Lawrence Lion Hunt of 1978. Good dog. Good man. Well done. This story was produced by me, Justin Gregory. The engineer was Alex Aylett McMillan. You can listen for free to every Eyewitness podcast at Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher, Spotify, or at radionz.co.nz forward slash series. And while you're there, please rate us by clicking on the stars on the ratings and reviews tab. That way more people get to hear about Eyewitness. And if you've got stories you want us to tell, please email us at eyewitness at radionz.co.nz. Noho ora mai. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.